Father God, I ask this morning that every heart would be open, every ear attentive, every eye would be open, and every heart receptive to hear what the Spirit of God would say. Father, may these words that come out of my mouth today honour and glorify you and help us and equip us as a church and not just be bringing glory to myself or to a body or to a, a particular ministry platform, but to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Today's message is called Guilt or Growth. Uh, a few things are going to motivate you in this life, but nothing is going to motivate you more than a passion to grow or guilt. Since we don't want to be motivated by guilt, we really want to encourage you to be motivated to grow. So Elise and I, my beautiful wife and I, recently joined, and when I say recently, very recently, we joined Snap Fitness down at Flagstone. It was really cool. On the back wall, there is a message, a motto emblazoned across the back wall. It says, the strength of our members defines who we are. I love that. The strength of our members defines who we are. I reckon that should be the church's motto. That should be the fact that it's not just our facilities that define who we are. It's not just our cool youth program or excellent men's ministry or women's ministry that defines who we are. The strength of our members defines who we are. The strength of our church defines who we are. The power of the church is actually in the people. It's not in the facilities, not in anything else. It's not in the music. It's in the people. When the people are strong, the church is, you're going to help me here, the, the church is, when the people are healthy, the church is, when the people are passionate, the church is, when the people are vibrant, the church is, how cool is that? When the people are large, the church is, because we want to be a large, healthy, vibrant family church, and it's really cool, but pause for a moment, we're going to come back in a bit, <sighs> take a breath, because I've got something this morning that I want to say to you. There, there is, there is no collective we without the personal responsibility of the me. When I say me, I, I don't mean me, I mean you, okay? Because the health of the church is not in me, but it's in you. And when the collective me are healthy, then we are healthy. There's some things in life that really bug me as a pastor. I'm going to be honest that they didn't just bug me when I was a pastor, but I'm going to come to that. But one of the most frustrating statements I hear is the church. The church should do this or the church should do that. It doesn't just bother me because I'm the pastor. It has bothered me for many years. When I first came back from traveling around Australia with my wife, I met up with one of our young guys who hadn't been coming to church for some months. And I sat down with him. I found out where he was and I rang him up. I said, let's have a coffee. I sat down with him. I said, mate, you haven't been to church. What's going on? He said to me this. He said, well, you know, you've got to understand that, that um, you know, I missed a couple of weeks and nobody, the church didn't call me. We're having a coffee. He'd missed a couple of weeks and the church didn't call him. I don't know whether anybody else was bothered by that statement, but I sure was. Because I looked at him and I went, who is this church you speak of? You missed two weeks and the church didn't call. Who is the church? Can, can I ask you another question? I said to this young man, I said, who did you call? 
Who did you call in the last two weeks or two months that you haven't begun? Who did you reach out to and you call? Because if you say you're a body of Christ and you say you're a part of the church, then the responsibility and the expectation you have for them should be put on you personally. You know, the problem is, the real problem that bugs me is that we have this corporate sense of we and we do that when we want to avoid the personal responsibility. When I want to avoid personal responsibility, we should be doing something else. We should be doing more outreach. We? We, the church, should be doing more for the community. Really? The church should be doing more for the poor. I don't know who this church is. I know what I do for the outreach. I know what I do for the poor. I don't know what everyone else is doing. I know what Jamie does for outreach. I know what Jamie does for the poor. Well, some of it. I'm sure he doesn't tell me everything. Who is this? Church, and can you follow me for a minute? Because we get this erroneous idea that when we kind of spread it out and we go, we, the church, should be doing something, it somehow absolves us of personal responsibility. There is no we without a me. And so this morning, I'm going to talk to the we in the crowd. See, I know what I do to help the poor. It's funny, you know, can I just share another story? Many years ago, many, many years ago, I had a, a gentleman who came and he came for many years and, and finally he got disgruntled and he, he, you know, he moved on and he went to a different church and, and, and we were talking and, and before he left, he kept saying to me the same thing, I wasn't the pastor. So this is not a, oh, the pastor. No, no, I wasn't even the pastor. And he kept saying to me the same thing, what do we do for evangelism as a church? I looked at him, I'm thinking, mate, I don't know what you do, but every year I have a carol event that I go to. And it's funny because we, the church, who are supposed to be outreaching to the community, I don't see a lot of we at one o'clock in the morning when I'm vacuuming the floors. I don't see a lot of we at six o'clock in the morning when we're setting up the stage and setting up all the stuff. I mean, I do now. But how many years did the we just actually meant me? Maybe a handful of others. And this guy had the audacity to sit there and go, we should be doing more. I'm like, dude, get off your butt. Do something. Anyway, I'm going to move on to my message this morning to help you illustrate this, or to help me illustrate this. We're going to do a skit. I'm going to invite up my fantastic people, and they're going to help us with a skit this morning. Would you come on up, Beck? Would you come on up, Dan? Would you come on up, Matt? Please give them a hand as they come. The house goes wild. Here we go. Hmm. Boys need a microphone. Where's the microphones gone? Boys, grab yourself a microphone. It's really hard to talk without them. Are they turned on? We're doing a quick mic check. Can someone turn them on for them? My gosh. My gosh. It's not like we practiced this before. <laughs> so this morning, I'm going to welcome you all to the PowerPoint that says Gym Church. We're going to call this Gym Church. I'm going to put you in the right mindset. Welcome to Gym Church. Are they on? Yeah. Hello. Whoa, here we go. Two boys are arriving at Gym Church. Here we go. Hello. Welcome. How are you doing? Welcome to Gym Church. How can I help you? Oh, you know, we just want to sign up and, like, make a difference in that. Sounds good. Hey guys, I'm the guy who's going to help you around. Glad you could make it. I've got a couple of training manuals for you. Awesome, man. Hit us up. Here you go. Oh. Come on over. Come on over. I'll show you how gym works, my friend. Come on over. So this is, um, this is one of the weight benches that we have at Gym Church. 
and I'll come stand around the back of it, you know, it's going to be really cool, you stand here, and, and so one of the things you've got to do is you've got to pick this weight up like this, and then you've got to kind of lay down like this, right, and we'll see if we can get this right, and I've got to lay down, and uh, you just start like that, geez, if I fall off, that's going to be awkward, isn't it, and then I just want you to, you know, grab your hands and then just push the weights up nice and smooth like that, you reckon you guys could do that, you know? Nah, no, maybe not today, yeah, nah, nah. yeah we'll just watch you do it, man. So, so I'm just going to do a few of these to show you, you know, but that's, that's kind of how it's going to work. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that, that's gym church. I'm really glad you guys could make it. So, yeah, that's weird. pretty cool, eh? So you, you don't yeah, want to go with this good. at all? No, no, we're, no. We're, no all right, next guys, time. So, you know, okay, mate, no, next time. Next time, no problems at all. All right, we'll you? see you later, man. Yeah, so that's day one over, and day two is about to begin. They're going to run. Day two. Yeah, let's go to the gym. Gym church, bro. Let's go. Hey, welcome to the gym church. Yeah. yeah. We're going to make all kinds of gains. Yeah, we're going to make a difference to ourselves. Boys, great to see you. How you been? How you doing? Hey, good, hey good. How'd, you, how'd you go with your training manuals? How'd you? Oh, we didn't really read it, eh? Right. Right, so you... All right, come on over, guys. I'm going to show you how this works. Y'all check it out. Um, this is your weight bar again, and this is your bench. And so the whole idea of gym church is you, you sort of got to come down and get involved. You grab it up like that. You lay back, and then you just got to kind of, you know, push a couple of, push a couple of sets out like that. You know, what do you, what do you reckon? You guys want to have a go? No, no. Just keep watching you do it, man. You've got it all under control. Yeah, you reckon you could go heavier? Yeah, mate. I, I could probably go heavier, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a... Yeah, let's see this, guys. Come on. So, all right, we can go a bit heavier here and uh, just put this on. And, and you say so you pick it up, you put it on like this, and then you, you lock it into place, right? So, and uh, when you lock it in, it's all locked in over there, right? So I'll show you again, guys. You, you pick it up nice and safe, right? Keep your back straight, pick it up, roll over, and then you just got to lay down. You just got to push a couple of sets out. What do you reckon? You reckon you guys could wow. do... You know, would you like to have a go yet? You know, That's like, real impressive, man, but we're just going to, like, sit on this one, eh? Yeah. Okay, guys, all right, well, I'll see you next time. Hey, I'm glad you could make it, and uh, good on you, Jeez. good on you, all right. Cheers. And here we go around the block, and we're going around again, and we're going to come back to gym church on day three. Hey, guys, so good to see you guys again. Thanks for coming back. Good yes. to see you. Man, it's awesome to see you guys. Hey, come on over, come on over. Dude, how are you going with your trainer manuals? What have you, you been up to? What's your favourite bit out of them? What have you really learned? Oh, you know, we just haven't really gone around to it. We just, we'll watch you again, man. You're, you're, you're showing us the way. You, you sure? You don't, you don't want to have a go? Like, it's, it's kind of cool, like the whole, you know? Nah, bro, right, I'll just right, watch. Guys, come on over. I'll get you to stand here again. I'll show you again, right? This is what you do. You bend down, you pick it up, okay? You've got to keep your back straight. You've got to roll back down. You've got to push a couple of sets out like that, right? You reckon... You know, like, this is not too heavy. I reckon you guys could probably handle this, eh? It's, it's not a big deal for you, you know? Nah, probably not, eh? Ooh. Nah, I'll sit again, eh? Yeah. Keep watching you, man. Yeah, you reckon you can go heavier again? Man, I could go heavier. Yeah. I can, yeah, come on. I'll do a bit heavier for you. I'll show you how it's done. So you unclick it and, uh... Right, you unclick it, you pull it off, and then you put the new weight on, right? I hope this is going to... hope this is really going to help you guys, you know? As time goes on, you're going to see how to do it. And so then you... You know, you kind of get down, keep your back straight, you bend down again, you pick it up. It's a bit heavier now. And I, whoa, hang on, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jeez, oh, get that off, get it, go, go. There we go. All right, let's get that up. Whoa, that's a bit heavier than I thought. But, um, that looks guys, so look, promising, you know, look, man. We don't want to start you off real heavy. What we want to do is just 
maybe start you off light and easy and get you to have a go. What do you reckon? Do you reckon you want to have a... Nah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, eh? Man, that was uh, pretty lame, eh? Can't even lift that. That was... Uh, maybe we should go to a different gym church where the people can lift more. And like... Yeah, I'm not really, not really feeling it, man. Yeah, the receptionist does the same thing here. The bloke lifting does the same thing. It's really boring. Let's go to a different one. No one's one. doing nothing yeah, really out I'll there, do the right? same thing. Yeah, let's bounce. Yeah, this is lame. <laughs> let's blow this joint. Give him a hand, guys. <laughs> we can all see the satire in that, right? You know, the, the, okay. So I guess this morning, I want to say, sadly, that is far too often the church that we sometimes see. And I want to ask you guys a couple of questions this morning. The first question I'm going to ask is, what does it mean to you to be a Christian? When you say, so not not, not what does it mean to Pastor Phil for you to be a Christian, but when you say, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian... What does that look like? Does it mean that you said a prayer? You came to the altar, the pastor preached a great message, you came running up and you were the first in line to say the magic prayer. Okay? Does it mean you go to church? Maybe you go every weekend. Does it mean you put your tithe and offering in every single week? Does it mean you read the manual, the training manual, and I read it all the time? Or does it mean you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Does it mean that you're committed to becoming the way he was? You're committed to becoming more like him every single day. See, the problem is so many people say, I'm a Christian. And when you say you're a Christian, I agree, you should absolutely read your Bible, the training manual. And when you're a Christian, you should absolutely pray. And when you're a Christian, I believe you should absolutely bring your tithe and your offering. And when you're a Christian, you should actually absolutely go to church. But how many people know somebody who does all that and still never grows? It's like the guys that I meet that pay their gym membership every week faithfully and they turn up and they sit around on their phones and they go home again and then they're like, man, I'm just not seeing any results. And if anybody went to a PT and did that and then came back, I had a beautiful illustration from Karen. She posted it to me. It was a picture of the cookie monster lying in bed with all of the cookies around him. And the caption read, I can't believe I'm not losing weight. I'm going to have to change a PT. That's a personal trainer for those who don't know. And I get the feeling that sometimes it feels like that to the church. I can't believe we're not doing more. I'm going to change church where they... Do more. Hmm. Paul writes to the church in Philippians, in Philippians 2.5. He says to them, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And what was this mind? He goes on, he says, who... Being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
Even though he was God, he didn't come to lord it over people. In fact, in Mark 10.45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus came to pay a price that actually wasn't his to pay. He came to pay a price for a mistake that he didn't make. He came, up to, came down to clean up a mess that he didn't create. And he came not to be served, but to serve. And Paul writes to the church in Philippians, in Philippi, and he says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Jesus didn't come to give. Sorry, to get, but he came to give. He didn't come to consume, he came to contribute. Paul says, let this mind, what mind? The mind of a servant-hearted person. Let this mind be in you. What if your growth, your development comes, not just from reading the word, not just from paying a tithe or turning up to church or praying. What if your growth and development is intrinsically tied to developing a servant heart? What if you're becoming more like Christ has got nothing to do with how often you fill the seats, but how often you love the person in the seat next to you? In fact, James says in James 1.22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Be doers of the word. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and he says to them, he gave some to be apostles, Ephesians 4.11. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Jesus gave pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists to equip the saints... So the saints would do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Watch this. According to Paul, let the mind that was in Christ be in us. And God has given some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists to equip the saints so the saints do the work of the ministry, and as the saints do the work of the ministry, they grow. They grow in their maturity, they grow in their faith, they grow in their knowledge. You get to know Jesus more, not by turning up to church, but by doing the work of the ministry. You actually get to be counted with Christ more, not by giving your money, but by serving in the house and loving those who are here. What if our growth has less to do with more of turning up and more to do with serving one another in love. Your edification, your growth, your unity, your faith, your maturity isn't based on church attendance alone, but rather on being involved in the work of the ministry, in serving others, in loving others selflessly. If I were to come back to that first question now, what does it mean to be a Christian? I won't ask you to put your hand up. I want you to just think about it for a minute. If I said to you in here this morning, who's been a Christian for more than five years? If I said, who's been a Christian for more than 12 months? 
<clears throat> Please don't put your hand up. But if I was asking you the next question, it would be, who, who have you called this week to love? Who have you visited? Who have you encouraged? Ready? Not the church, but you. Not the corporate we, where we push our responsibility to this magnanimous organisation called the church, but the, the individual me. Where me, I, take personal responsibility for loving you. And each person does that. See, what I feel sometimes is in the church broad sense, we've, some, we've somehow subcontracted out the work to the pastor who we pay. And he should surely come and visit me and call me and love me and cook a meal for me and make sure the fans are up and the pool's done and make sure the carpet's clean. I hear this all the time, you know, like, oh, pastor, we need to mow the lawn. We? Sure, I've had a crack at it. Jamie's had a crack at it. I know other people have. Please, it's not a dig at any one person individually. But it's everybody owning the me part of this we equation. Do you want to know how many times I've heard that conversation? What are we doing with that? We? Who noticed it? What are you doing with that? Oh, no, 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 no. no. Are you following me this morning? Hmm. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Encouraging one another, lifting each other up. Don't forsake the assembling, but come together to lift each other up and encourage one another and help each other go through tough times and good times. And when you're crying, we should cry. And when you're laughing, we should laugh. And we are here together, individually, makes up corporately. The strength of the we is actually only in the me. And when me, personal responsibility, gets it, then we are all going to be stronger, healthier, happier, more passionate, more vibrant, and more evangelistic. There are so many opportunities to serve in JC Family Church. And this month is our vision month. And you know, here's, here's something. I came yesterday morning as I was driving up with my wife to blow up the pool, to grab the pool, to put the pool down here, to blow up the pool, to fill up the pool with the water for the baptisms for the next day. <clears throat> I drove past the bottom garden and I looked over and I couldn't see Steve, who's normally here working on the garden by himself. And I drove past and I thought, oh, no, Steve. And I literally, so that I drove up that way and the building's here and I drove up just a little bit more. And this isn't to brag on Steve. It was just so cool though, because I looked over and there's Steve pushing the mower, doing the front little bits of the church. Who liked those front little sections this morning? Who walked in and thought, man, that looks nice. It's because someone mowed it. And I turned to my wife and I said, man, I flipping love that guy. That guy's just awesome. And I'm down here and I'm chatting to Steve and we're filling the pool and Jamie comes down. The next thing, Jamie's handing me the fan blades and I'm screwing up the fan blades outside. The strength of the we is found in individual responsibility. And Paul says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, that you would come to serve and to love one another. You could join a department. 
You could serve on a team, the service team, kids ministry team, the music team, the video team, the audio team. The kids, le- the kids leader is currently looking for people who would do worship out there and help the kids engage in worship. Wouldn't that be cool? Who loves kids? <laughs> awkward, wasn't it? You know, that was awkward. <laughs> I'm not going to ask who doesn't love kids. That'll scare me, you know. Hmm. I got another one. Who should love kids? Yeah. Hey, that's better, isn't it? Who does love kids? Yeah, yeah. Who should love kids? Why is everybody's hand not in the air? Everyone should love kids. They may only make up half of our congregation or a quarter of our congregation, but I tell you, they make up 100% of our future. You could serve in the op shop. Can I just say this? I understand. Some people are older. It's not an insult. You're old. If you're insulted by that, thicken up a little bit. And when you get old, like me, there's a limit to the amount you can lift. There's a limit to the amount you can do. And if you haven't figured that out, you're going to be in a lot of pain a lot of times. When you get old, there's just some things that I look at and I go, that's not for me. I'm getting Sam. (laughs) That's okay. But you know, just with my big, beautiful smile, being old doesn't absolve your personal responsibility. I don't know about you, but I have a phone. You have a phone. Look at these cool things. I've got this touchpad. You dial a number and you talk to somebody on the other end who may need encouragement. It doesn't even require a lot of bicep strength to do that. Sometimes... It's just praying for somebody and letting them know I prayed for you. Sometimes it's saying, man, you know what? I, I've cooked up, a, I cooked up a little bit too much food and I'm going to put a little bit on a plate and I'm going to cover it in glad wrap and I'm going to give it to somebody who I think might benefit from a meal. I want to bless somebody. See, I see JC family as a place where the body works together. A place where everybody can be ministered to and minister. Let me say that again. This place has to be a place, has to be a place where everybody, everybody is both ministered to and ministers to someone. If you come just to be ministered to, like those guys on there, isn't it? Eventually, you look at yourself, you're like, I'm not even growing. There's nothing going on here. You know, I can't believe I come here. I've been coming here for ages. Nothing's been happening. I'm going to go find another church down the road and they're really able to push some heavy weight. Face palm. I see here as a place where the body can work together. A place where, you, you know, when we develop a heart for one another, and here's the funny thing, I just get this picture because I am passionate about the local church. Uh, I had a really good chat to Steve yesterday and we said, there's no such thing as the global church. You're like, oh, I belong to the church of Jesus Christ. Where do you attend? Oh, nowhere. Then you don't. There is no global church without a local expression of faith. People who say that bug me. It's here you love each other. It's here you minister to each other. It's here you find out the needs of somebody and you encourage one another. And, and whatever it's called today, you come and you encourage each other. 
And you lift each other up and you exhort each other. And and do you know what happens as you do that? People are drawn. There's something special about this place and they're drawn in. People who don't yet know him walk through those doors and come to know him better. And then they go to their family and their friends and they say, I found a place where you're loved and valued and accepted. I found a God who cares for you no matter what you've done or where you've been. And I see that expression in every person who's in that place. I don't see the expression just from the pulpit or just from the worship team or just from the service team. I see the expression from the person who sits on the pew next to me who turns to me after and says, how are you doing? I see the expression when we move to the deck and we get out there and I look for somebody who is standing alone and say, how are you doing? It's great to see you today. I see that as a body of Christ when it ministers to each other flowing out into a community at large. People ask, what are we doing about evangelism out there? It starts with loving one another in here. Why would you possibly want to invite somebody into something that is unloving and ungracious? Invite them to something where they're accepted and loved. Is that good? I hope you got something out of that today. My prayer is that here at JC Family, people would come for a season. By the way, I've written this down just for Beck Craig. Come for a season. And be ministered to. I don't expect you to walk through the door and start doing stuff. That would be strange, wouldn't it? You come for a season. And you're ministered to. That's cool. I'm all for it. Season. Not a lifetime. Season. And then you find an area where you can love and minister to somebody else. My prayer is that we would be known for being the most Christ-like loving community in this whole area. And that here, people would die to self and live for somebody else. Live to love and to serve someone else. I want to ask you this morning as we come around the communion table, as I finish this message, I want to point you to John 13, 2. This is our Lord. He said, supper being ended... The devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, and Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from the supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin, And he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. If you drop down to verse 14, he explains this at the end, at the culmination. He says, if I then, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's. If I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Saviour of the entire earth, and I can come and kneel down and wash your feet, then you should be able to wash one another's and love one another and serve one another. And when we take communion this morning, I want you to ponder on 
this is the God who I follow. This is somebody who doesn't demand my loyalty, but showed me love first. And as a response to all that he's done, I want to love him in return. I wonder if you'd join me today and take this wafer that represents a body that was broken for you and I, a price that he paid that he didn't have to pay. And as we eat it, it's not for me to evaluate you, it's for you to evaluate you. As we eat today, would you ask yourself this simple question, what does my Christianity look like? Does my Christianity look like my Christ? Let's eat together. And the blood that was shed, represented by this juice that we drink, poured out for the forgiveness of sins and to establish a brand new covenant. Can I ask you again, church? Does my, can I ask me of that question? Does my Christianity, does it look like my Savior? Does your Christianity look like your Savior? And if it doesn't, let's take a minute to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not the best representation of you on this earth at this moment. Help me to do better. Let's drink together. Thank you this morning, Father, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your faithfulness over this congregation. I'm going to remind you of that scripture. If I have given you an example, you should do it as I have done. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really hope you guys enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we hope you have an amazing week. See you next week.